God is good, isn't he? All the time. And it is good to see the evidence of God's goodness at work in this congregation. This is the reason why the Bible says how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity, in unity. And I see a church that is working together towards the unity that we should have in Jesus Christ. Amen? We are called to be united. Not just everyone, every person working in their, their side as if we were not part of the same family. And it's good to see that here. With our Delta students, we have been talking these last two months about, you guys, can you guys tell me, is there anybody here from Delta? Caleb. Service, that is correct, yeah. Thank you, brother, for listening. About the act of service to others and a lifestyle that involves serving God as well. And so I, I was moved by the Lord to come before you all and share a bit about what your kids are learning on Wednesday nights in Delta. But before I get there, I go there, I would like to share a little bit about my journey so far here with you all. You see, I have been learning more and more about the English language with, while I've been living here in the United States. And in the past month, I've learned that y'all are just letting me say English words the wrong way without correcting me. <laughs> Except for my brother Ross, somewhere, he's over there. He, he's the man. He, he corrects me all the time. But anyways, I learned that the word resurrection is pronounced resurrection and not resurrection. I learned that it is a, a hole punch and not a punch hole. Go figure, right? So on my quest to learn the language, I have found myself now reading the Bible in English and learning new words as well. And I learned that there is a difference between, between wiped, I still struggle with that one, wiped and whipped. Exactly, I know, you, you may go like, what? Yeah, for me it's a struggle. And my wife made sure... I knew how to use these two words <laughs> well when I was trying to say that Lily got home from her first day of school and she was whipped, not wiped. I wrote that on Facebook, by the way. I corrected it right away as soon as she told me. But anyways, in all seriousness, I was moved by the Holy Spirit to read a Bible passage that uh, you all probably already know. And this Bible passage narrates the story of a woman that came to Jesus and wiped Jesus' feet with her hair right after pouring an entire bottle of a very expensive perfume on Jesus' feet. So allow me to read to you the story and to put us in context for today's sermon. Let's open our Bibles to the Gospel of uh, the Apostle Luke, chapter 10, verse 38 to 42. As usual, I may read a different version than what you have, but you can follow along reading it with us on the screen. Luke 10, 38 to 42. I'm going to be reading the New King James Version. Now it happened as they went, and this is Jesus and his disciples that this story is talking about, that he, Jesus, entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, 
And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is important, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. Let's pray a short prayer. Dear Lord, help us today to identify those things that are troubling us and worrying us. Teach us what we do not know and help us to put your words into practice and to treasure them in our hearts. Amen. In an effort for all of you to better remember this uh, sermon, I have given a title to it, and this is Choose What Is Important. Choose What Is Important. And this title encapsulates what I believe the Lord and the Word of God is wanting to teach us today. And this is the biblical truth, today's lesson, that can be summarized in one simple phrase. A person that serves God needs to focus his or her attention in the voice of Jesus and his word and not in the worries and distractions of this world. Therefore, I hope that choose what is important today resonates in your hearts and minds for a long time as you are confronted with the word of God today, and as we evaluate our hearts and our service to God in our ministry and our everyday life. Now, before we continue with, with this sermon, I, I would like to put you into context. The Apostle Luke narrates this story, and it begins, or Luke narrates the story, and, and it begins by saying, verse 38, now it happened as they went, Again, this is talking about Jesus and his disciples. As they went, he, Jesus, entered a certain village, and a certain woman called her name, Martha, welcomed him into her house. Now it says, as they went. So the question here is, where was Jesus and his disciples heading to? Where were they going? So to answer this question, let me remember, or let's remember what happened right before this event. Jesus called his 12 disciples and gave them the authority and power to heal the sick, to cast out demons, and to tell everyone about the kingdom of God. And later on, these 12 disciples would come back to Jesus, bragging about the results of their work, of their service, of their ministry. And so Jesus tells them not to rejoice that demons submit to them, but instead to rejoice because their names are written in heaven. And here is another lesson that we can learn today from this. Jesus' lesson to his disciples teaches us today that the temporary and momentary results of the work of your service, they are important, but way more important is the eternal result that this service brings. And this is the salvation of Jesus Christ in your life and in those that you are serving and sharing the gospel with. His salvation. And this is a biblical principle that we can learn from just looking at the context of the story that we're reading today. So later on, Jesus would appoint his disciples to visit every town 
where the gospel was intended to be preached at and where Jesus had to go to fulfill his ministry. And we all know that the fulfillment of Jesus' ministry was marked by the words that he said at the cross when he cried to the Father, it is finished. And so when the story says, as they went, what the author is really saying here is, as Jesus traveled around with his disciples, as they went out to preach the gospel in obedience to Jesus' words, as Jesus walked his way through every town teaching about the kingdom of God, and as they headed towards Jerusalem to reach his final destination, Jesus' final destination that would nail him to the cross, Jesus decided to stop in a certain town where this certain woman named Martha, lived. Now you might ask, how is this relevant to the topic of today's message and, and to the story? Well, it is important for us to begin with the premise that Jesus has appointed each one of us something specific to do in the work of his kingdom. Some of us have been called to preach, others to teach, others to pray for healing over people's lives. Each one of us has been given a role to fulfill within the body of Christ, within his church. So more than focusing on the temporary results of our ministries and our service, our focus should be placed in the results of the work of Jesus Christ as he went to the cross to bring salvation to the world. In other words, dear church, the goal of our service should always lead us to the cross of Jesus or lead, or lead us to the cross of Jesus, to his salvation. If you and I are serving God and serving people around us, our focus should be on the eternal and not on the temporary things that we can see with our eyes. So, number one, let's focus on what is eternal. Let's focus on what's eternal. And choose what is important as we serve God and as we serve those around us. Let's focus on what is eternal. Let's go back to our story. Verse 38, again, re reading it quickly. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. Verse 39, and she, again, this is Martha that the story is talking about. She, Martha, had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Now I got to be honest with y'all. When I was reading this verse, I had to quickly go and read other translations of this passage, and in none of them, I was able to find this word also. I was surprised by that. I even went to read in other languages, only to discover that in the original Greek, our brother Luke had written this story with the details and the adequacy of words that characterized his letters. You see, something that you may not know, maybe you do know, is that Luke was a doctor. And as a doctor in the Roman world, he was highly educated. He knew how to write well and to express himself in different languages. But not only this, he was also able to narrate the events in a more detailed manner than the rest of the gospel authors. So all this to say, the word 
also is telling us that our dear and very hospitable friend Martha also took the time, just as her sister Mary did, to be at the feet of Jesus listening to his words. And why is this important to the story? Well, let us see what else Luke had to say about Martha. Verse 40. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And let's take a pause here. Let's see this in context. Martha, the one that was eagerly waiting for Jesus to greet him into her house. Martha, the one that also spent time by Jesus' feet listening to his word. This same Martha, says the Bible, was distracted with much serving. Now let's not forget to give Martha some credit and remember who she was serving that day. She was serving no other but the Lord Jesus Christ, God himself. And Martha knew this. She had experience in a personal level in a close relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ when Jesus went to resurrect his brother, her brother Lazarus. Martha was so excited to serve Jesus that day that Luke narrates with detail that she greeted Jesus into her house when Jesus came to her hometown. Meaning that she was probably outside of her home or her house waiting, looking for the moment when Jesus arrived and eagerly wanting to invite him to go inside of her house to serve him a meal and to honor him that day. My point, dear church, is the following. Many of us have our hearts in the right place. We are eager to serve Jesus and we have been waiting for this moment to honor him in our lives. But when the moment comes to do it, we get distracted and we lose the opportunity. When the time is necessary for us to stop and listen to what he's telling us to do, our choice is to put our attention on the things that are not truly important. For Martha, this was, it was important for Martha, of course, but for her it was doing the things that she was supposed to do at the moment when all she needed to do was to stay at Jesus' feet and listen to his words. My dear brothers and sisters, we are at a time where as a church, God has given us the opportunity to go back to her own place very soon, to her own building. And many of us are excited and can't wait for the moment for this to happen. We all know that Jesus will be honored as we welcome him into this new place. But I want to encourage you with the following so we can better serve Jesus at, this, at, the, at the time when this comes. So we can better serve our congregation and our community in this new place that we are to call home. The best thing that you and I can do to get ready for this moment is to choose what is important. And the important thing is to focus on Jesus and focus on his word. Focus on Jesus, focus on his word. The rest, the rest can wait. All of the rest of the things, that can wait. Dear church, as we focus on Jesus and as we focus on his word, 
we can be sure that when the time comes, we will be ready to welcome Jesus into our new home and serve him better. You know, one interesting thing about this story is that in the midst of Martha's hyperactivity, she actually had the time to stop and come to the Lord at a moment. But the interesting thing is that she could, she could have chosen to leave her position or she chose to leave her position at Jesus' feet. And what she did was to, she distracted herself with the things that were not important at the moment. I mean, she even took the time in the middle of her distractions to actually come back to Jesus. You know, the story says this. But not only to lay or not to come back and lay at Jesus' feet and listen to his words, no. Instead, what she chose to do was to complain. I can only imagine the scene for a moment. Jesus talking to everyone, right? And he was there in the room, all eyes and attentions on him. The disciples learning as much as they could. Mary laying at the feet of Jesus, just fascinated with what he was saying. And here comes Martha being like, Jesus, one second, I need to tell you something. Just give me a minute. And Jesus being like in the zone, you know, just teaching the word and, and stuff, you know. And Martha being like, just, just one second, just one second, come here, I need to tell you something. Now I know that this is me using my imagination here, but this is not very far from what really happened. The story continues by saying, then Martha approached Jesus and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. The nerve, right? And Jesus is there teaching in front of everybody. And Mar Mary is focusing what he's saying. But here comes Martha, maybe with a condescending tone of voice, maybe even calling him aside or maybe whispering to his ear, saying, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me alone? I'm serving alone. Tell her. Tell her to help me. In other words, like, enough Jesus time. Enough Bible reading. Enough with all this. She needs to stop what she's doing right now and help me with my distractions. I have a confession to make this morning. While I was reading this verse, I laughed so hard. And I mean it. My wife heard me and was like, what are you laughing about? Not because I was mocking Martha's attitude, no. But because I was surprised to discover how much I have been acting lately like Martha during these days. And I laughed out loud. I mean, here I am wanting to write a sermon as I was reading my sermon and, and, and wanting to teach you all about not being like Martha. And I was reading out loud the story and I literally heard myself being like, Lord, nobody wants to help. We're doing everything here at this church alone. The work is so hard. Life is so hard. We never get to sleep. We need a house. Gas is so expensive. Blah, 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 blah. I lost it for a second. It made me laugh. I was like, oh my goodness, I'm Martha. I'm hearing myself right here and I'm Martha. But you see, church, Jesus is so loving and so wonderful to us that he knows our hearts. He knows your heart. He knows the desire that we have to serve him He knows how much we want to do for him. But he also knows exactly how to speak to our hearts so we can refocus our attention on him. 
and choose what is important. So Jesus answered, verse 41, and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is important, and Mary has chosen the good part, which will not be taken away from her. Jesus' words to Martha, far from being a rebuke to her attitude, were words that displayed the kind and loving character of God, reminding her to come back to the place of rest where she needed to be in order to serve well. We need to ask ourselves today, church, what is troubling and worrying our hearts today? Are you cho choosing distractions or are you choosing to focus on his voice and his word today? I believe that the Lord is speaking specifically to each one of us. Let's not focus on what others are doing. It is our service to the Lord. Let's refocus our service by starting at the right place. And we find this place when we come to Jesus and listen to what he is telling each one of us to do. The Lord is speaking directly to our hearts and asking each one of us, will you come back to the place that you belong and submit, submit your worries to me? The Lord is asking today, will you ask me to show you where and how to serve better as you rest in my presence. Hope Chapel. It is time to recognize what is distracting us from coming to Jesus and spending time in his word and his presence. It might be maybe hyperactivity. You do a lot. Wake up early in the morning, go late at night. It might be complaining criticism to others. Oh, look at that person, how he does it. I would do it differently. Why are they not doing this? Oh, now Wednesday nights again? Sunday morning early? In the morning? Come on. It might be cultural obligations, such as our daily responsibilities. Whatever you're choosing that hinders you from focusing on Jesus and his word, you can surrender it to him and he will help you. He will help us. Jesus told Martha that one thing is important. He said, and Mary had chosen the good part, which will not be taken away from her. One last lesson that we can learn today is that when we choose what is important by going to Jesus and spending time in his word, we will enjoy the goodness of his presence in every act of service that we do. Let me read that again. When we choose what is important by going to Jesus and spending time in his word, we will enjoy then the goodness of his presence in every act of service that we do. So, number three, focus on his goodness. Focus on his Goodness. For the goodness of his presence with us 
is the greatest reward for those of us that serve Jesus and serve others. That is our greatest reward. Jesus' presence with us. This is as we take the time to listen to his voice and to spend time in his word. Allow me to conclude with the following. As we come close to the day for us to be in our new building, this place that we can call our new home, let our service be focused on the importance that we give to everything that Jesus tells us in his presence and his word. Hearing from him specifically how we can all better serve and honor him and choosing what is truly important as we surrender at his feet. Let's pray. Lord Father, we have heard your message today and we know that you're calling us to a true submission to your voice and your word. We ask of you to please help us as we move, move forward in this new phase that we are to take as a church. Because we want to serve our community well. We want to serve our brothers and sisters well. But ultimately, we want to serve you and truly honor you by choosing to listening to your voice and spending time in your presence, in your word. Would you please help us, Holy Spirit? Would you help us to refocus our hearts and our motivations to serve you and to rest in the truth that we know that you're with us? We need you, Lord. Please speak to us in a very, very specific and personal way. We want to serve you better. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.